0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Share Your Why podcast. I'm really excited about the guest I have here with me today, my good friend, Eric Breaker. Eric, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to have an awesome conversation.
0: It's going to be great. Eric and I actually met through a mutual friend a couple of years back, and uh, we've been staying in touch. Eric lives up in Maryland, but every once in a while makes his way down here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it's always fantastic to get to catch up and hear about what he's been up to. A little bit about Eric. So Eric is a senior in college right now. He's also the founder of a video production agency called Motion Digital. And he's also really passionate about documentary filmmaking. He's currently working on a short film called A Journey Upstream. And the main goal of it is to bring awareness to the sustainability of the Chesapeake Bay watershed. I know you and I always have such great conversations about all things from like video production to running a small business, to the why and being very mission driven. I know those are all things you're really passionate about. So I'm excited to kind of launch into those today. I'm sure we'll also touch on like productivity and would love to hear more about the documentary. Like, you know, the reasons why you felt really passionate about sharing that story specifically and um, what other people can do to get involved. So we'd love to hand it over to you just to kind of share your story, you
1: know, the entire thing from the beginning. We'd love to hear all of that. I'm a senior in college this year. I go to a small school in Pennsylvania. It's called Susquehanna University. And I am a marketing major, but my true passion lies outside of that in video production, which is kind of how Thomas and I connected. So really, I've been doing video production ever since I can remember. I was that weird little kid making stop motion animation Lego videos, which turned into... GoPro family vacation edits and then eventually morphed into starting to do some freelance client work and then now I've, I've started motion digital which is a small agency which I'm, I'm hoping to launch full-time when I graduate this spring which I'm extremely excited about and on that video journey I also found another true passion of mine which is a step further than that and that's documentary filmmaking and over the past five to six months my brother and I have been working together on a film called a journey upstream which is a fly fishing film it's about the sustainability like by the Chesapeake Bay watershed. As I've, you know, kind of gone to college, I've spent a lot more of my time on improving my self-development skills, entrepreneurship, business, and then that's kind of morphed into video production and kind of both of them work well side by side. So I'm taking my passion for all of these entrepreneurial skills and these business skills I've been learning in school and building those up at the same time as my video production, which will hopefully merge seamlessly when I graduate this spring. That's awesome, thank you Eric. I
0: remember the story of how you and I first met was through our mutual friend Michael. You came down for a weekend to a rally, you were hanging out with him. And you guys were doing some sort of crazy video thing just for a weekend. I was so impressed. What was the whole idea behind it?
1: Right, yeah. That was um that was right around when Mark Wahlberg launched his day routine video. He gets up at two thirty AM, which like what? Like why would you ever do that to yourself? Like he'll eat a full breakfast at like three or four AM, he'll go to the gym, go golf. It was just crazy routine and Michael and I just like wanted to try it and, and film a short little video. I forgot we even did that, but that was that was a blast. And I don't think we can can do this podcast without giving michael bissell a big shout out
0: yes indeed and as soon as michael was telling me like dude there's this guy he's like in a video you gotta meet him like it's my buddy eric like he's coming down you gotta meet him i was like okay you know in the video like you know I, I hear that a lot your work and i saw that video yes me. i was like wow this guy's like no really into it and really good at it And i could just tell that you really had an eye for it and you really cared about the storytelling and from the beginning i could tell that your work Uh, really stood apart in that way
1: there's a lot of people now who do video work (laughs) really don't necessarily know what that means until you kind of sit down and, and look at what they're producing I really appreciate the.
0: of course and I know that when we first met I think you had just kind of recently really gotten into the video business you were like had a couple clients underneath your belt and you were giving it a shot I remember like I, I ended up giving you some of my old equipment and stuff to use right. and stuff that you started like totally maxing out with yeah. it was really impressive to me to see the growth you had with motion digital what was it like in the beginning of trying to start your own little video production agency the reason behind wanting to start that and how did it go the first couple of
1: years really my first ever paying client. It was a short restaurant, you know, just like a social media shoot. It was like a 20, 30 second, you know, video just catching people smiling at the restaurant, a few shots of the logo. And I will never forget, how nervous I was before I showed up. On top of that, I think I got paid $50 for, for producing that video, and it was about an hour and a half drive away. And you know, I shot, edited, drove an hour back. It's like 100% lost a lot of money shooting that. At that stage in my career, and I'm sure many people listening to this can relate if you're like starting to get into video work, I would have probably paid him 20 to $50 to go make him a video. Like It was just so cool to me that I got to create a video and get paid for that. But it's scary when you start out, and especially, especially I think confidence is one of the biggest things. And when you show up and you don't have you know, the biggest, the most expensive gear, and it's just you, and you don't feel confident, you know, it's hard. And there's a lot that goes into that. There's not just the shooting behind the camera, but there's the interaction with the subjects in the video, the interaction with the client. You have to have a decent knowledge about audio, lighting. It's like so much to so to be a beginner and to throw yourself into that—it's terrifying. It really is. I remember I the first gimbal I had. It was previously yours. It was like the Moza Air Cross. This thing had so much you know wear and tear on it, probably from both of us just using it. So the screw wouldn't stay in. So every time I went to shoot, I had to jam it as hard as I could and duct tape it. And I had like a a business partner with me, um, a friend that actually started motion with me originally, his name is Brian Jung, and he was more on the actual social media marketing side of things. So that was super helpful too, to have someone with me there, you know, communicating with the client and the subjects while I shot the video. But I'll never forget the shoots we would go on, including this restaurant shoot, I would be gone for like 10, 15 minutes, and the client would be like, where's the videographer? And Brian, a big oh, he's he's in the back switching around gear, and meanwhile I'm like hunched over in the back of the room, like duct taping my gimbal so I can go out and try to get some shots. It was just absolutely hilarious. And that's really around the time Motion was born because honestly, my family is not very entrepreneurial at all. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I mean, they're very education based, but I was kind of the first one in my family to really embrace the kind of entrepreneurial spirit. When I came to college, I was a freshman and I, I wanted to start. You know a company or a brand or something and that's pretty much all i knew at that point so i came up with a cool logo and a cool name and that ended up being motion so it's just this basic logo and the o and motion is like an aperture and it's just kind of like a clean decent looking logo and I remember like sitting in micro and macroeconomics class and drawing pictures of like t-shirts and bracelets with the Motion logo on it. I love this brand, but if anyone were to ask me like what it is, I would say I have no idea. It's just like a brand idea and a cool logo. And it was actually when we were at that restaurant shoot with my friend Brian Jung, and we were sitting in the back with a client and he was writing us his first ever check. Pretty much a year after I had those dreams and desires and I was like writing down the Motion logo and stuff. So he was writing us a check, and he asked Brian, he said, do you guys have like an agency name or something? And Brian's like, you know what? Make that out to Titan Media. So we get in the car. I was like, Brian, what's Titan Media? Like, where did that come from? And he's like, I don't know. It just like came to me. And he was like, do you have any better name ideas? And I was just like sitting there and everything just like clicked. And I was like, motion digital. And like, I pulled out the logo. So it's kind of a cool story because I, I had this whole logo and brand developed before I even knew what I wanted to do with it. And then I went and kind of built up the service based business side of things without even connecting it in my brain. And there was kind of like one decisive moment where like it all like merged together. It was it was pretty cool.
0: That's a cool story, man. It's always fun to think back on how, when we, you know, first started with a certain brand or, you know, it was this really intentional? I oftentimes no. It's just kinda of like things falling into place. You know? Totally. Yeah. I know you and I have had a chance to talk off camera about how that might be more related to like your why and the purpose behind you. You really want to get into that space. so Maybe you could speak towards that for a minute.
1: My why I've been thinking a lot about it recently because of you and I'll share your why. And, and it's something I really want to dive into more in my free time and get more specific about because I still feel like a little, a little bit cluttered mainly with this YouTube channel, my why is definitely to target those people who are kind of in my shoes when I started. When I was absolutely shaking of nervousness before I went to go shoot a 30 second restaurant video. When I was terrified to talk with a client. When I filmed a video that was worth $5,000 and got paid $150. There's so many tips and things that I've heard over the past few years that have been so influential to me and have have made me felt 10 times better about what I do and helped me to feel confident about charging more Help me to feel more confident about my work. And if I can become kind of that beacon of hope for a lot of these people in similar shoes, that, that would be absolutely amazing. So that that's the main driving factor towards the why of the YouTube channel. But a lot of my, my personal why is I, I care a whole lot about the environment. I've been fishing and fly fishing ever since I can remember. So I, I do have a, a deep passion and a big part of my why is to protect these environments. And the long-term goal, of my career. And I really think one of the most fulfilling things I could do is to continue making these documentaries that help inspire other people to get out and do similar work, just help educate people on these amazing environments we have and why we need to protect those. So those are kind of like two of my my, my big whys that, that really drive what I do every day. It's
0: really cool that you have such clarity around those things. And I can tell even just in the time that I've got to know you, like like having both of those elements of your personal purpose kind of come to light mm-hmm. is definitely, at least in my eyes, added a lot of clarity and structure to the way that you go about what you do and right. the way that you spend time and the way that you talk about it too. Is totally different than it was a couple of years ago because now it's yeah. really clear it is purpose driven. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about your documentary. This documentary, it's all about sustainability in the Chesapeake Bay watershed. So how did the idea yeah. first come about? And then, you know, what has it been like to really pursue a passion project like this? What spurred you to action? And then what has kind of kept you motivated through that process? I know it's been a long time.
1: So believe it or not, the initial quarantine from from COVID-19 forced my family to just be together under the same roof. So we were spending a lot more time together than we normally do, which was completely, you know, a blessing in disguise. Obviously, there was terrible things were happening around the world, and I'm not saying that that wasn't happening. But it forced my brother and I to talk about all of these things we're passionate about and gave us enough time to take action because it, it is easy Everyone's so busy every day, trust me, like I know how it is to to start a big passion project like that you kind of think there's no chance I'm gonna have enough time to do that. But us sitting in our house doing absolutely nothing was a big benefit. That's when we started talking about it and that's when we threw ourselves into it. And really the idea came about we were walking our dog and my brother and I are both native Marylanders. About the same distance from the Chesapeake Bay as it is from the mountains where there's a lot of trout fishing. And we were sitting down. We stopped like a bench and we sat down. And we were like, if we were to make a film, like how cool would it be to incorporate striped bass and brook trout into the same film? Because we know nobody has ever done that before because there's, there's such different fisheries and, and types of fish. And the idea just made so much sense. The Chesapeake Bay watershed stretches between six states. All of the streams in New York and Pennsylvania and Western Maryland and Virginia, all of that water feeds into the Chesapeake Bay. And one of the most important messages, and it's really the whole driving factor behind the film, is it's not just the body of the Chesapeake Bay that you need to be worried about, you know, pollution or the people right on the banks, but it's this huge extensive watershed that people need to be you know, knowledgeable about. And the way we're telling the story is that the striped bass is in the Chesapeake Bay and in the headwaters, in the mountain streams, in the same exact watershed are the brook trout. So they're these two vastly different fish with these two crazy different environments that provide the coolest imagery and juxtaposition that helps to explain how these two fish are keystone species in their separate environments and how they're connected in the same watershed. And I do think the main reasons we started was kind of like what I was saying, we were in quarantine, we weren't that busy to start with, so we threw ourselves into it. And eventually it's like a domino effect. You just get deeper and deeper. We had companies invested in us, companies sending us gear to be in the film. So you get to this point where really all you need to do is start and things just start snowballing. And then you get to the point where you can't pull out because now you other people invested, so now you're accountable to keep going. It's been almost six months now working on the project, and it has been one of the best experiences of my life by far. One of the coolest things about making a film is the connections you make. Film, I'm so passionate about it because it is so incredibly powerful. It is the most efficient way to tell a story, absolutely, and to to get a message across. When you explain to somebody that you're making a film that's such a you know a big serious thing to them they want to do anything they can do to be a part of the film or to help you. So we've had an amazing experience, not only with some companies that are supporting us, but also with the stakeholders in the film that are our our interviewees. A couple of them are of the older generation and they're very prominent fly fishermen. I don't know exactly what my brother and I were expecting, but they have gone above and beyond. And they have been so (laughs) proud to be a part of the film. And it's been the coolest experience. And they're not only in our film, but they're mentors and friends to us now we call i call them up and ask them for advice like we're making plans to just going on a fishing trip and not even bringing cameras it gives you the, the just the coolest connections and not to mention aside from that one of our our sponsors are called douglas outdoors just invited my brother and i to a weekend in new york salmon fishing and they had all of their pro staff there and all of their other media pros so we're, now we're getting invited to these events where it's just like an ultimate networking style event and you're just meeting with like-minded people. And that all happened because we were sitting on a bench and we said, you know what? Screw it. Andrew, you're getting your master's in environmental science. This is the field you're going into. And Eric, you're starting a videography business. You have the video gear, the skills. Let's just like stop talking about it and just start making this thing. And it's been an incredible journey, but it's looking like we have a very good shot getting into a, a massive film tour, which... Is going to be just unreal to to go to physical locations and watch our film on the big screen is, is going to be crazy. Something really cool with that too is since my freshman year of college, I've had a poster of this film festival in my room just because I've always been interested in, in fly fishing. And we went to a, a film, one of the film festivals when I was younger. So I've had this poster in my room. I've just been staring at it for four years. And now my senior year of college, my film, my be one of the eight to 10 out of like two 300 submissions that's going to be played worldwide at different locations that's like one of the coolest examples of like manifestation not to be cliche but it's been great journey, making a journey upstream.
0: That's so fantastic. You were actually planning on coming down to Raleigh and, and working at, at Nine Miles. And I'm sure that, you know, the learning with that would have been great. And I know that, of course, COVID-19 messed up those plans, but it's that idea, like, one door closes, another door opens, right? This door, I mean, is definitely better than just, like, you know, in, interning another company. Like, you being able to go out and create your own film from scratch, you guys are learning so much, and it's, you know, letting you scratch the entrepreneurial itch, and the story you guys are going to tell, and the why behind it is so special.
1: I do think it would have great time at Nine Miles too
0: though. 100%. You mentioned manifestation. I know a lot of people might not know um, that much about it. I'd love for you to speak on that for a second.
1: One of the first books I, I ever read about business or entrepreneurship. To this day, it is still my favorite book I've ever read and it's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It has to do with manifestation and that's all impulses of thought have a tendency to clothe themselves in their physical equivalent. It's just the idea of that your thoughts and what you consciously put into your brain eventually becomes your actions and that influences the choices you make. And those little choices you make compound over day and they essentially become who you are. If you sit there all day and and you have these negative thoughts If you wake up and you're upset because you have school or you have a class that you don't want to go to, or you always have these negative thoughts about a person, or you let kind of fear dominate your life, because you're you're feeling that fear, you'll see that in the real world. Fortunately, it works in the opposite way, too. If you wake up and and you're, you're grateful for whatever opportunity you have that day, if you say, yeah, I'm nervous right now, but like if I go out there and do this, it's going to help me be less nervous the next time. Changing your mindset completely changes your quality of life. And it's not just like a cliche thing to say, that's genuinely what's happening. And that goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier about starting your day off with kind of the end goal in mind, picturing who you want to be and trying to make decisions based off of that all of that ties together and I think that's something super important that not enough people talk about that idea comes from another one of my favorite books called the slight edge by Jeff Olson and that's essentially the the whole idea of that book it is so true it's the little decisions you make every single day whether i go to the gym or stay at home whether i procrastinate or do this assignment it's that consistency of those decisions that determine your quality of life because it's the same thing if you think about a diet you can become that person like oh like one donut won't hurt me and like in reality like yeah if you were to have the one donut it won't hurt you but like chances are you're the kind of person that says won't one donut won't hurt me pretty often making that decision a lot it will hurt you and it's the same in all other areas of life and i'm not here saying like i I make the right decision every time like i'm a human being like this morning i hit snooze it was probably like 15 times before I got out of bed. It's just a matter of making an effort towards making those positive decisions and that'll eventually kind of compound into not only your goals but who you are.
0: I love that. Thanks for sharing, Eric. Speaking of uh, of the books, I know you're a huge self-development, entrepreneurship book type guy and you're actually the one who recommended me to that book, The Third Door. That had a pretty huge impact on me. So how did you first hear about that and then what has that whole story been like kind of from your side of like recommending that to me, seeing me read it and then seeing uh, some of the go and did as a result?
1: It definitely hit you a lot harder than it hit me because you, took off and went running with it and it was so much fun to watch so essentially so i watched him on the podcast impact theory and he explained the third door he compares it to like a nightclub so there's always the front door where there's super long line and you have to wait and and hope that you get in that the majority of people use there's the back door that's usually like the vip entrance and you have to have like a special connection or like be a part of a certain family to get in but not many people talk about it he says there's always a third door through an unlocked window or through like a mutual friend of like a security guard. And he compares that to, to situations in life. I think people are scared because they they think they need to approach situations kind of like a black and white classical way, or you think about, you know, a dream mentor or or somebody that you think you could never contact and you don't even bother trying because you're like, oh, this person's famous, like they would never even bother talking to me. When in reality, especially now with internet, chances are if you put in enough effort, you can contact some pretty crazy people. And making those connections is incredibly important to your success, to be honest. And he talked about the Spielberg story, which is something I I really just absolutely love, especially coming from a film background, hearing about Spielberg was cool. He used to go on the Hollywood tours when he was a young aspiring filmmaker, and he would bring a little briefcase and pack clothes in it. And halfway through the tour, he'd sneak into the bathroom, he'd put a suit on, And then walk into the Hollywood studios with his briefcase acting like he was just like working there. He became friends with one of the security officers so he could just come in. And just by him doing this, sneaking in, he made connections with some of the filmmakers. And he pretty much pitched some of his ideas in one of his films and then became, obviously, as we know him, Steven Spielberg. Nobody else was doing that. Like, who would think about going on like a Hollywood tour and hopping off midway to go like connect with people? And that's how he made it. And that's like, I think, the prime example of someone using the third door. And that's something everyone can use in their life, whether that's using a friend of a friend to get an email or a phone number, or doing some research to to find a phone number and waking up at 5 a.m. and calling the person to try to skip the secretary that normally intercepts the calls so you can maybe get that person themselves. There's just like so many little things like that most people aren't doing. And if you were to do them, you could have like a huge opportunity and watching Thomas he ran with it so far that you just hopped on a flight and met the author of the book you literally pulled like an Alex Banyan on himself (laughs) he was probably like this guy just like read my book and did exactly what I did on me and it worked like what the heck so excited to you know see what else you do with that concept
0: I gotta thank you because you're the one who showed me the book and it really did have such a huge impact on me like I've always kind of known this abstract idea that, you know, you have to always go outside of the normal process and do something really creative, really different. Like applying for a job or something, you like record a little 60 second video and send it in. Or, you know, you try and hit up the CEO on LinkedIn and ask if you can grab coffee. Crazy stuff like that. That's the way that you really get in. Because if you're just following the normal process, you're just putting yourself, you know, right alongside everybody else. And having the third door book, finding out there were other people that thought the same way. And there was kind of this whole methodology to it. And come to find out all these incredible people that um, Alex Benayan interviewed, like Bill Gates, Lady Gaga, Steven Spielberg, all of them in some way took the third door. Pitbull even like says he's still like an intern even now. Like, he spends all of his time trying to learn about new industries and learn about new companies and new projects he can get involved in. All the people he talked to had such an incredible way of going outside the normal process and figuring out, hey, what do I want out of life? And then how can I just go and get it? And I'm excited to see where that whole idea takes me. That's the biggest thing I got out of the, the trip to LA and, and meeting Alex. And he was telling me about, you know, the real adventure is not the end goal of like meeting somebody or like getting that magical piece of like advice from them. The journey is the reward, right? The adventure of like going with your friends out to this new place and like experiencing all the things there and, and kind of the chase of going after the thing that you really want. That is, that's the reward.
1: He said that it's not really the end goal. It's the journey along the way. It's a time with friends. Like, that's where almost like the most fun comes out of it for him, which I think is a really cool concept, especially coming from somebody that's talked face-to-face with Bill Gates and others.
0: Biggest thing I got out of the conversation with Alex was mm-hmm. that you don't need to go out and try and change the world. You just need to try and be the best you you can be. You know, If you're able to lead other people to do something, that's awesome. But you have to pour into yourself first before you can pour into others. And if you focus on changing the world, then you actually won't change the world in the same way that you would if you focus on yourself mm-hmm. first. And honestly, when I heard that, that feedback and that advice from Alex, that was a tough pill to swallow. It still is. Because I've just always been somebody who's like, oh, you know, I'm going to go change the world. You know, I'm like 20 years old. Let's go do something crazy, you know. And then so hearing that advice, like, oh, don't try and change the world. Just try and be the best you you can be. That's a pretty sobering thought. And it's something to really reflect on. So I'm curious your thought there.
1: When you first hear that, you're kind of like, confused but kind of do have to prioritize yourself he uses the analogy of being on a plane and you know when they're going over the safety precautions they tell you 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 have to put on your mask before you help anyone else if you yourself are not capable or healthy enough to help anybody else then you're depriving the people around you of your help so it is a weird concept but in that aspect of it it makes sense to me because you kind of do have to prioritize yourself in order to reach your maximum potential to then influence the maximum amount of people that you can.
0: It's a lot to reflect on for sure. Yeah. I appreciate it. So Eric, to, to kind of wrap up here, you know, what is yeah. maybe the best piece of advice you've received or the biggest thing you've learned out of any of the books you've read or people you've talked to and mentors you've had? How do you think like I could apply that in my own life or the people watching or listening could apply it in their life as well as kind of like one big action that they could take as a result of today.
1: This is a piece of advice that I hear often, but my piece of advice is to start. I'm thinking specifically with my documentary here, like almost everyone has, has something that they kind of want to start, something they're passionate about, but maybe they have limiting beliefs or time constraints that, that's holding them back from starting, whether that's starting a YouTube channel, starting a podcast, writing a book, making a video. A lot of times it's kind of scary, especially when it's something that's not tied to work or school because you're going to be sacrificing a lot of your free time towards this thing that you're passionate about and the thing you want to start. So you'll just procrastinate it. From my experience, starting was the best decision. After you start, the process does nothing but just start snowballing. You get other people involved. You you just get more and more accountable. You're making these amazing connections. You're building your knowledge. So really, I think the hardest part is starting. Once you start, things kind of fall into place. That'll be my my big piece of advice at the end of this. And I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to take that advice myself for this YouTube channel because that's totally something I have limiting beliefs about sitting in front of a camera and talking to people. But I'm just gonna do it, even if I get zero views. I will be teaching myself, forcing myself to learn video business content well enough to communicate that and educate others. So I will be gaining that knowledge. I will be starting podcasts and having conversations with amazing people like you and other business owners, starting what you want to start and even taking like views or the approval out of the equation, like there's benefits and you're going to learn a lot. You're going to improve skills, like just, just start and and things will start falling into place.
0: That's awesome, Eric. I'm really excited for everything you're going to go off and do. I mean, you've got huge things ahead of you. I hope you know. So as you look towards the future, you know, with with your motion digital business and with the YouTube channel, you want to start with the documentary as well. Like, where do you see that future kind of taking you? Or or are you just excited to see kind
1: of what happens? I do kind of have somewhat of, of a rough plan. What I want to do now is through the YouTube channel and through my Instagram now, which I'm starting to post a lot more frequently, I'm really just trying to develop my personal brand. I want to kind of cater that towards, you know, outdoor filmmaker, but also video business owner and somebody that has knowledge in that field. Once I start this YouTube channel, that'll be, you know, a big part of it. Using those two things to build my personal brand. And as far as motion digital goes, I'm looking to launch full-time this spring, possibly hire an employee, which will be pretty cool. And over the first few years, I want to develop just like an awesome team of people that can go out and tackle some great projects. And most likely what will happen is we'll start focusing on the corporate side of things. Um, So a lot of the work I've I've been doing recently is with financial firms, creating recruitment videos, about us videos, um, educational videos and stuff like that. So if we could develop a more corporate client base at the beginning and create these company films for them that are, you know, super, super impactful for these companies. And a lot of these financial firms don't have images or video on their website because they just don't have the people there that have the skills to do that. Over the next three to five years, develop a team so that becomes self-sufficient. And then I want to start a second branch of Motion Digital dedicated to outdoor documentaries. So essentially, I want to start, you know, a filmmaking agency with this one, you know, kind of corporate agency that's there making awesome, you know, impactful business videos that obviously generates revenue. Then I want to branch off and start getting paid to make documentaries about the environment and chasing that why and that mission in my life and eventually become the best documentary filmmaker the way that you're able to articulate like the long-term journey of
0: where you're trying to go, I think mm-hmm. is going to be absolutely critical when you're looking to hire people, when you're looking to get other people, you know, just kind of on for the journey.
1: And another cliche quote that I'm sure a lot of people have heard to leave it on is um, if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough.
0: I was just listening to a podcast today that was talking about how, your goals have to be big enough so that everyone else who comes and joins you for the journey as a team member, as an employee, their goals can fit within it. Nice. Whatever your biggest goal is that you can think of right now, it's not big enough. Think of a bigger one. <laughs> and I then like that's that. when you can start chasing it. Please let me know any ways I can help as you continue down that path. I'm always going to be here as a resource and as a support, and I'm really excited for you.
1: Same goes to me. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm just so excited to see where your journey goes. to share your why, and it's already taken you to some pretty cool places. And I'm also looking forward to um, some trips together. We'll make it happen.
0: Cool, Eric. Well, I learned so much today. I'm sure everybody else has too. You know, where can people go if, if they want to get a hold of you and get in touch or, or just learn more about uh, your business or learn more about? Uh, the documentary, especially.
1: Um. So the Instagram would be the best way to reach me right now. And that's just my name. It's Eric Breaker. If you go there, you'll see the the film's Instagram as well. And you can kind of follow along to some of the behind the scenes stuff.
0: I'm so excited for the journey that you're on. Can't wait to to be there alongside you for it. And especially with the documentary, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to help promote it this fall. And, and I wish yeah. you all the best with it uh, as you're going into all the film festivals and everything.
1: I really, really appreciate that. And I had a lot of fun today. I always I always love the conversations we have and I think it's a good idea to start recording some of them.
0: That's right. All right. Thank you, yeah. Eric. We'll see everybody next time.